Hi everyone, this is season two of Latina's New Adventure. This is Heather. I'm Marcella. We're excited to kick things off. And we thought like the end of the summer pretty much. So we just wanted to start out with like a little recap of what we've been doing. There's a lot of personal stuff happening as well. And just kind of give everyone a preview of what you can expect of season two. And as a recap of season one, let's go over the episodes. The first one, we had 2021 planning. We have hiking gear 101. And then we had a Q&A, which was toward the end of the year, was um, before 2021. That was a fun one. And then we talked about winter adventuring part one and two. We had a special guest, Kika. Follow her if you haven't followed her yet. And we had Healing in Nature. That was one of our most popular episodes. I wish we could do that another one again, because I had like a, a, one of the best times discussing about that. And then we had Adventuring with a, a Partner. That was a fun one, too. That was the kind of the start reason why me and my Stella t- started talking. And the last one we did was Leave No Trace Behind. So we still have other episodes that have been recorded that we're going to release soon. So stay tuned. Yeah, and another reminder... All of the episodes we've published so far are also on YouTube. So if you want to see like the uncut, unedited, just video version, um, if that's more your style, then find us at Latina Sweet Adventure on YouTube. Yep. So next we have a preview of season two. You'll see like an overlying theme. And that theme is that whatever we have learned from our, I guess, our summer break, me and Marcella, we, we wanted to incorporate that to season two. I'm really excited to bring this new perspective because we really, this is something we both felt was so special. You'll learn more in a bit. And we're going to have some guests because we love having people there. And one of them is going to be Bouquette. She's a nurse and it's talking about this kind of part of being a woman in the outdoors. There's a lot of uncomfortable conversations. And I'm so excited to share this because it's so important. I learned so much. I took I think, like two, three pages of notes. So, and that's one of them. And then we have Alina and Alina, she's an artist and she has backpack over 5,000 miles and she also helps uh, manage and run Unfilter the Outdoors. So you check her out, which is Abstract Hikes and check out Unfilter the Outdoors. They actually give uh, micro grants to backpack hikers, uh, backpackers. So check that out. And we have Erica from Pacific Northwest Happy Hikers. Erica is like an expert with car camping, everything related to that. So she's your go-to. So please give her a follow, join her group. If you're in the Pacific Northwest area, she hosts camping and backpacking trips. And we have two other guests. Yeah. So we're not mentioning their names yet. Trying to keep things a little mysterious. You're very conscious who we pick. A lot of these, you might not heard of them. Um, They might have smaller like audiences, but... I have to admit, like, just one of the frustrating part of being a BIPOC hiker or backpacker is that it's really hard to get the gains of visibility. Yeah, they definitely have a lot to say, too, right? And exactly because of what you're saying, that they don't have huge followings and they're BIPOC, that's not solely what defines them, right? Like, so being able to connect those different mm-hmm. aspects of those people, that's what we really like to showcase in a very niche audience which I, I think it's wonderful how, what they do and this is when I kind of mentioned that and um, it's just kind of it's, it's frustrating because you see you know, the senior people like they're just you know might be one thing um 
non-BIPOC and they just get so much popularity and so many likes, but it doesn't mean it makes them an expert about it at all. It makes them qualified yeah. to talk about this. But these people are, like Marcel has said, they are, have a lot to say and, and they have, I love everything you have to say too. And I'm just makes me really excited to interview them. Stay tuned for that. I can't wait. Yeah. We also want to introduce a new segment called Unpopular Opinion. I know in a lot of our like prep work and just in general uh, conversations, we exchange so many ideas and thoughts about what we see kind of the mainstream outdoor community doing and what they seem to be promoting sometimes and certain behaviors that we think might be harmful or, you know, just dis- discriminating against underrepresented people, BIPOC, disabled people, and different, of course, just different populations. I think that's really people need to hear it. And maybe those mainstream opinions are not meant for us. They're probably, were, no, no offense, created by white people for white people. So we're just going again. We're just, we're just, um, for me, I feel like my, our opinions, our thoughts, it was just invisible. So we'll take some time out of an episode to discuss an unpopular opinion that one of us comes up with. You want to start off? Or oh, should... sure. Fuck, yours is like the more like, <laughs> mine's like not as like as unpopular, but also I'll go first because yours is pretty big. Mine will be seem small compared to yours. Sure. But, okay, so my popular opinion is regarding backpacking food. A popular opinion is that like, you don't have to buy like those prepackaged backpacking food. As a matter of fact, I hate prepackaged backpacking food. I thought I kind of liked it. Like to, to be honest, I... I didn't care for it. And then people had it. Like, and then I seemed cool. I was like, okay, so I tried this. Like, oh, I'm so cool. I have this pad thai. Oh, yeah. it's really high in sodium. But no, it's good for me because it's high in sodium. And I need sodium. Like, it's electrolytes. Like, no, it's like stop. Like, and it's like $9, $10. So it's okay. It's totally worth it. But um, or maybe like, you know, ramen, to be honest, like, it's way a thousand times better if you cook and dehydrate your own food. And it like for me, since I'm like, one thing I do know is that for being Latino, I do know like there's a high amount of people who are lactose intolerant. And I think the number, it was 40% a long time ago, and but wow. not just Latino, other different races. Um, and it's just like, we just can't tolerate like lactose. So a lot of these meals that are being produced are pre-packaged, they're, they're made by the, you know, the white counterparts and for the white dem- demographic which doesn't have as much food allergies or like intolerances as, as we do. So like I, I even like, I can't have garlic because of the IBS, onion, which sucks. And that's usually garlic spawning every, everywhere. So even if I wanted that, it's not good for my stomach. And it's like, this doesn't, like I used to just do it because it's the thing to do, but cooking your food, I love cooking my own food no matter what. So I, I cook good food, but you can just cook it and dehydrate and super simple. And dehydrated it costs like 40, 50 bucks. It was expensive during the pandemic because people were freaking out. Now it's back to normal and it's pretty easy. And um, we got like a vacuum sealer too. We got, someone gave it to us. You can get it for 20 bucks. Nice. Um, you want to go that route. It's really cheap. And it's just like, we even did pasta and pasta and the is so good. You just literally got the box of like cheap pasta. You can get like, you got it for 25 cents at Safeway. Um, we did a signature pasta and then we used like a signature like tomato sauce. And we usually just cooked it, put it in a dehydrator and spaghetti. And we had like ground beef with like, we did corn fried, you can do bread too, but crumbs. 
and we did it. It was like spaghetti and meatballs. And it was like so delicious. I would never eat ramen again. I would never eat anything else again. And it was so good. I get a whole thing of pasta, which probably was like three dollars. Split to because you know you can't eat a whole thing of pasta by yourself anyway, even with two two people. So like you can break it into like four different meals. Costs very similar. Good for you. Has to like you cook it yourself. All the same ingredients. And it's super cheap. We did mac and cheese and ground beef. It did chili. It tastes like hamburger helper, to be honest. But we did a lot of that. And my stomach felt so good. And it was just, it felt regular. I felt like a regular human being because like with the prepackaged food, it just makes you feel sick. Like just, it's really bad. I had like issues, but I felt like amazing. I was like, whoa. But you don't have to buy those backpacking food. You can make your own. It's really simple. Google the recipes if you need to. And also because like I said, they're not made for made for like just the made by white people for white people that's my whole thought about it and that's unpopular opinion <laughs> i totally agree and at the same time i'm kind of in the camp of whatever i i'll pack the extra weight yeah um, because i don't want to have to deal with rehydrating food and dehydrating it at home um quesadillas we we brought once because yeah no exactly like they're so good and that's that's really hard to like rehydrate and of course like you're saying I don't have the lactose issues with with cheese fortunately because I love cheese so I guess that's the other thing if you get the prepackaged stuff a like you're saying it's really expensive so you need to be able to buy these meals right and one thing that we realized when we cook for camping we bring a big Tupperware of soup of course, backpacking, we like downsize a little, but that whole meal costs us a small fraction of what it costs you to buy one of those like super slim dehydrated commercial packages and you don't know what's in it, right? I guess that's part of your problem is like, you don't know what all ingredients they put into that. And like you said, it's also just like for the mainstream, like white taste. I, I doubt it that we have any input at all. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or they appropriate BIPOC foods. Yeah. Uh, and then sell them for a super steep price because, ooh, it's beans and that's so healthy. It's like, well, yeah. Yeah. our people like, figured that out a long time ago. Like beans and rice. I saw was like, I think it was like Cuban beans and rice. It was like, I think like five, six bucks. I was like, you can like make rice and beans. You can actually do that for like four bucks and make enough for like days. You're not gonna sell me on one small package of rice and beans. It's not gonna taste good because it does taste off. It has like no flavoring at all. It's, and I go make real Mexican rice and beans, which is the best combination ever. <laughs> tortilla. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you're, I'm not gonna spend six bucks on that. Uh-uh. I'm not some to bland, baked rice and beans combination that doesn't taste like anything I ever had from my mom. <laughs> from my mom at a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, I completely agree and that's the other reason why I'd rather cook my own food because I know what I like and I don't want to have to go through the hassle of tasting all these different products right so that's that's my two cents on that on that note um my unpopular opinion of of this episode is and I'll, I'll get to in a moment right now we're recording this in the middle of August and I'm in the Portland, Oregon area. And so there's a lot of wildfires happening within 200 miles of where I live. Frankly, just in a lot of hiking areas, they're filled with smoke. Um, we're getting smoke from the California wildfires, from the Washington, the Canada wildfires. 
it's smoky, it's hazy, and it's not healthy. And yet I see people posting photos online of their hikes saying how beautiful it is and how moody the smoke makes it look. And even though it's smoky, it was a great hike and all these things. So here's the unpopular opinion. We shouldn't be hiking in the smoke, especially if it's wildfire smoke. I'm not a biologist or a doctor, a medical doctor, I should really say, but that is not healthy. And there are a lot of people with respiratory issues, myself included. I have chronic allergies to dust and mold and those kinds of things. And it's not healthy for me. And so I choose my health over getting that extra hike in, getting that extra photo. If I have to take a break, I have to take a break. And I'll talk a bit more about that when we're talking about what else happened this summer, um, because my philosophy has changed on that. But in general, people, we shouldn't be promoting hiking in these unsafe conditions. That is, I think, the message that those photos and posts send is that hiking in the smoke is fine. Because even if you can't smell it, you're breathing it in. So I'm going to leave it at that. I second with that because it's just like when you're talking about hiking and the smoke, you're per- and even like the moody photos, it's like no moody filter needed. It's just natural filter, natural moody filter. Ah! It's like, I don't care how you phrase it at all. Like you're promoting wildfires. You're promoting that it's okay to be out there when there's a wildfire. You're promoting like hiking the wildfire and confirming everyone else who's doing it that it's okay too because you're doing it and that's wrong. And like the thing about it is just that there's multiple layers regarding like even allergies, asthma. Because I have my story to tell in a bit because we had to stop hiking, but it's just like knowing that you're putting your life in danger because there's part of my story too that goes into the Timurak fire just literally. And I can't actually go into what we did this summer. So my thing was I was supposed to, you know, section hike part of the PCT. I did not do in 2017, the year of fire and smoke. So being Stephen, we did almost 2,300 miles. In 2017, we stopped because fire and ice, because ice, snow was like crazy rainfall. And then the Sierra section, we had to get out because it wasn't fun to us. We're like, this isn't fun. I got actually, I was trying to cross a river. I did it incorrectly because I didn't know how to do it correctly. That's a different story, but tip here, listen, if you're going to cross a creek or which felt like a river, cross slowly and don't pick up your feet that high because you pick up your feet too high, the water just takes you from underneath. So I picked up my foot too high and the water just swept me and I fell into the creek. It was like freezing water. So that did that happen. Scary situation. I even had to take all my clothes off. To get dry because I was like freezing water and put new clothes on dry clothes to get dried again and we got out and we're like I can't do this anymore so it's like my life is in danger we're gonna have fun so we skipped this section um and we went up north to Echo Lake and then we were in the fire from like Etna which is like mile like 15 almost 1600 to all the way to 2600 and we hiked in the smoke for a thousand miles I thought I was okay. I thought my lungs were fine, but really I didn't know like what I did of the damage to my lungs. I think at that point I developed adult onset asthma and my body, my lungs and my body hasn't been the same set. I, I used to be a runner. I used to always be proud of my lungs because I have clean lungs. Like I never smoked or anything that has totally changed. Yeah. 
totally changed. And actually at the very end, I had anemia and I couldn't even finish. There was a point, I hate to talk about this, but I am going to be honest. Like we were like 50 miles to the border and there was a point that I kept pushing myself and I felt weak. And I, and there's a point that I, my body just broke down because I'm someone that can do anything to like I'm being down. This is the second time it's ever happened in my life. There's a point that my body just stopped and I couldn't even walk. Like I, I, if I could, I, I, I was basically like kind of crawling to like one of the passes. I think it was Rainy Pass. And I could hike one mile, I think every hour, because it was just, my body could not go any further. And Stephen didn't understand. This happened to me when I was like running in high school, that my body just broke down and just said no more. And I found out I was severely sick. Um, I was like severely anemic. I just, and people were like, they didn't understand, like how I just was fine and just broke down. My body gets pushed to the edge, it keeps going and it just stops. So I just couldn't walk. I, I couldn't see was just, what happened. You just stopped walking. I, my body just said, no, it shut down. Couldn't handle the smoke. It looked like a war zone around there. It was like all smoke. It was just, you couldn't see past two feet. And we we're like, we're going to make it. And then that's the reason why. So we, we stopped that last section. So we had 15 miles of that. And then we did this section we missed. And actually it was kind of a pretty amazing because we hiked this section. It was like a drought year. And we hiked from Independence, Kearsarge Pass to this week to Tahoe. We stopped at um, Sonora Pass because it was like, it was a fire, Timurak fire. And that was a small fire that was like very little. And then all of a sudden overnight, it just grew to 20,000 acres within 24 hours. And there was people that saw the fire and they were hiking. And I saw someone post like that and they had to turn around people try to go through because it just it was really bad. And, and then this fire happened, like it just grew wild. So that's what, and then I just, we made a decision to not hike further up because it was just, our body couldn't handle it. Again, before then, we did this section. It was really cool to appreciate it because we saw this trail for its beauty. The Sierra section, and I'm really glad we waited because we waited and we didn't, our pre-crossings were easy. They were like tiny streams, like rock toppings. So instead of fearing a lie for every single one and hiking the snow, we actually got to enjoy and hike the trail because everyone's so proud of doing the snow and like risking their lives. Like I, I kept seeing these passes. Like I don't want to do this in the snow. I don't want to be risking my life. I can see these creek crossings being just completely dangerous. Like you're, there's people trying to cross the creek in front of a waterfall. And basically they were kind of swimming. And if they took the wrong step, they're like falling down the waterfall. And people were like swimming across. I'm like, I'm not going to swim with a pack. So I'm glad we waited because we got to enjoy this. And it, we saw it first here for natural beauty. It was so much fun. We were hiking at a good pace, about like 15, 20 miles per day, plus depending on like the passes and everything. Because, you know, if it was just a hard day, we just did 15 because it was like impossible to do anymore because they feel like you're going to die the next day. And I'm so glad we waited. I just appreciate the trip, what it is. And then right before we got close to Sonora Pass, that night before going to town, like everything changed. Like I, I guess I actually before then my body could tell immediately we're going to Yosemite that it was like there was smoke because I, I felt my throat kind of scratchy all like, again. I just, my body felt, I felt like really thirsty. I didn't, I didn't know why, even though the sky was blue because the wind was pushing a different direction. Like my body knew this and it just never happened to me in the PCT. This is what hiking and thousand miles would do to you in the smoke. 
and then I felt it. I felt really off and I felt like a little bit sluggish and slow. I woke up and like, I couldn't sleep at all. Like feeling like terrible, like I was sick because I was sleeping in the smoke. I was like, what happened? But I took a bunch of, I took ibuprofen and I smoked some weed. We made it through, but I felt like sick. Afterwards, I was like coughing at, at first I thought it was be like the smoke and everything and the allergies. So going back to my popular opinion, so there was like a town that burned down. There's also the Dixie fire. But what happens is that with these wildfires, you get like infrastructures are burning down. And even towns are just getting swallowed up. So you don't know what is in these small towns. These, what you're inhaling is particles from these buildings, concrete, anything that's in these stores. So this is when it's just not wood. And you don't know what's out there. And then that's fires from all over that you're inhaling. And so I don't know what's inhaling. And then whether it's like dust, mold, whatever, it's so old. But these are like small town buildings that you don't, like, I don't know what it is. I, I, I hope it's OPC code. Who knows? But you're just not inhaling wood. And that's like, that's what people just probably think, oh, it's just wood, no big deal. It's like, no, it's a big deal. But then it just makes you think about that. And, and I got really sick. I started coughing and luckily not into towns. So I, I found out like I didn't have a fever and didn't have body aches and Stephen didn't get it. So it didn't make sense. And I was outside. I was like, how do I get sick outside? It makes no sense at all. First, I got that I have the Delta variant. I was like, oh no, but no, it's just like acute respiratory infection. I got, I took antibiotics and I felt better, but it was because of the smoke. I didn't think that one night would impact me. It's an honest story of what happened. Um, I don't advocate hiking the smoke while we got out and we got to hike the best section and have so much fun. We'll do the other section later on. We went to Big Sur afterwards and enjoyed the coastline. We've been speaking the senior cruise. And we had so much fun with the clear blue skies. I'm like, I am happy with the decision. Yeah, I really enjoy hearing about your like PCT experience, um, especially just hearing about what happened with the fires and how you cut your section hike short. I, I admire that because honestly, a lot of people are just like, no, I'm going to push through no matter what. I, when I went to this hike, what was much different too was that I had a new perspective. When I was hiking four years ago, the difference between now and then is I thought finishing this trail would give me this aha moment so I can find something in life. The thing about it is that I realized that I, it was always with me. It was nature. I didn't have to go searching. I'm like in it. Nature is my gold. It's my treasure. Instead of just looking for something and trying to find, just get to that, why don't I just have gratitude for where I am? Cause that's the problem. Like it's all about perspectives. Instead of just soul searching, I'm like, I'm here. Everything I have is right here. So I just went to this gratitude and appreciation mode and just thought about just appreciating the land and like learning more about the land, thinking about like like um, the Native Americans, how they lived here and also how they got robbed of their land. Like I get because back then you had manifest destiny, you can just and there was the gold rush, you can just say, hey, this is mine, take over the land and just kill whoever's in the way. And that's really what it was. So I'm just, I'm just like hiking and thinking all this stuff, that perspective that changed, like changed so much. I felt so into the hike. I, I learned so much versus I did it for four years ago. And I wish I had that because I would have had different experience. But anyways, I have a lot of new goals. I'm changing my mindset because of that. And I really want to spend time in nature. It's like kind of an outlet, someone to heal. So that's my little thing here. <laughs> Section like DM me any questions. And Marcella, tell me about your summer. Yeah, I have to say, like, I wish I had a nice, happy story to tell. 
because my summer was actually filled with grief, literal grief, not the kind where like your car breaks down. I was pregnant going into the summer. And so my mindset before that had already changed. I was going to have to take a break from hiking and yeah, just change my lifestyle to fit that new stage of my life. And as you can tell, I'm speaking in past tense because my partner and I were expecting a daughter and we lost her. And so going through that experience of happiness and joy and looking forward to the future and changing plans and welcome her into our life uh, and then have that ripped away from us in an instant, just completely threw everything off the rails. And I can speak about this relatively calmly now. I still am grieving, of course, but I was devastated, right? My, my heart was so broken, I can't even really describe it in words. I'm, it's emotional work for me to, to keep it all in, but I can talk about it now. It's what my new normal is. So part of me sharing is because it's helping me process what happened. And I found it frustrating to learn, especially in terms of pregnancy loss, how common it is and learning about it after the fact to me has been even more heartbreaking because I'm realizing how many people go through life with this grief, with this pain, and no one talks about it. So yes, uh, I took a break from hiking too, first because of pregnancy and then because physically that recovery period after I gave birth, I physically, you know, I've learned so much about my body in this time. I was not physically able to go hiking anyway. And even now as we're recording this, it's been two months pretty much. And I'm still just starting to even physically be able to, yeah, go on easy hikes. So my perspective changed a lot. One of the many lessons that I learned is that it's really more important to honor your body than to push yourself. So that I think has been one of the biggest lessons for me this summer has been about reprioritizing how I want to show up in nature, how nature can help me heal. Thank you so much for sharing this because you don't have to share your story. And I hope that people feel like they're not alone and um, that this happens and it's a lot more common than people think and it's just not talked about. And I understand, just hard to share. Fortunately, have had the luxury or, or the ability to cope through nature. And we are planning an episode that kind of more closely talks about grief and nature and how those two are connected and how nature can help grievers. Because as I've been blogging about this experience, I'm starting to notice that a lot of people have this experience of, you know, you're, you're in deep grief because you lost a dear close family member, friend, and we go out to nature uh, or we seek that connection to nature and to them through nature. So that's just a little bit of a preview potentially but being Latino, Eldina, we were sure to not to internalize our emotions or not, or not see a counselor or therapist. And it's like, it's really hard to get that mindset to do because they want 
and there's like a whole much more thing too but it just to me just I'm excited to talk about it I really am because this is everything I wish I could have known and I wish I didn't take me like nine months to see a counselor because I was like completely like I was a mess like a mess for like nine months straight I didn't even realize that but yeah so I'm, I'm excited to kind of bring those tie-ins to season two yeah absolutely and I should also for transparency to say I am seeing two counselors right now to help me process with this grief because I knew from the get-go like I can't do this on my own but it's exactly what you're saying even though I knew that I needed this help with my mental health, I always had that little like Latino parent, Latino mom, Latino dad in the back of my mind being like, ah, but like, you don't really need to talk to them. You don't need to share your intimate feelings and thoughts with a random stranger. And what are they really going to tell you, right? You already know you have depression or you're sad and I'm starting to learn that not at all, right? And I feel like just being Latino in mental health is like, it's oh, a whole, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a whole separate like podcast pretty much. Oh yeah. Uh, exactly. So I'm really glad that we're going to talk about it. And from that perspective, because I think that's a very valuable thing to share. And for me, my therapist, my counselor told me to go run. That was my outlet, but running at that point in my life, because like running just what I knew was accessible. What it translated to is I loved being outside alone, being in solidarity and just as long as I can. I used to go run and just sit on a bench for a long time and just think, and that's what I wanted. I just, but I just, we didn't have hiking trails. I just knew just, I like that adrenaline rush, like I'm running away from something. I don't like to feel like I'm running away from something, but I, but I got to go back home. And that's why I sat on that bench because like, I don't want to go home yet. But that's what I did. And it's just what she advised me to do. And that changed my life because to this day, that's what I know to do. Like I need to go in nature. Whenever I'm in trouble, just go outside. Even the pandemic, I was, I was struggling. And that's why I got really into talking about the outside because I remember that like, this is what it's a good coping method. And, and I felt like I was healed again. Yeah. Pretty integral part of my summer has been figuring out how can I connect to nature while I, my body can't go hiking. And I, I'm not really sure how much I've talked about this in the past, but I'm also really hugely into gardening. And so I've been gardening a lot because that's in my backyard plants are all around me. I have house plants, of course, plants outside, um, and just being able to connect to nature through that in this kind of like low-key way has still been very healing. So we'll be sharing these themes throughout season two, because of course, based on my grief journey, right, and what you're saying, Heather, about just your journey with the PCT and the lessons that you learned there, and it's influenced how we view ourselves in nature, what we want to talk about from here on out. So that's why I'm really excited to talk about this. I then I listen to books on the trail because I some parts of me hiking like 15, 20 miles a day. It gets kind of boring after like day like seven. So listen to some books. And actually I felt books kind of pertinent to the situation. Like but like one's a Latina author, one was by um I forgot the name, but I felt it was pertinent. I learned so much. I just I really, really want to share this later on. It makes me appreciate this podcast. I want to keep talking because our voices are really important. And I'm so excited just to be here and just get this fill this excited for our season too. Yeah, on books, I picked up Braiding Sweetgrass this summer 
by Robin Wall Kimmer. And the book is about indigenous knowledge, but also talks about science and environmentalism. And I'm not quite done with it yet, but this book just really spoke to me this summer because it was all about reestablishing our relationship with nature and how we as humans can go about changing how we view nature and the earth and the universe to help protect our planet, to protect the ecosystems around us. And like you were saying, right, about reconnect with the lands, reconnect with the ancestral peoples that, especially us as BIPOC, our ancestors have these deep connections to nature. Um, And to me, it's also about reconnecting with that. And so nature for me has kind of gained this whole new meaning of, you know, it's my connection to the daughter that I lost, right? It's just my connection to uh, my ancestors. Another thing too is that talking about are we claiming our relationship to nature? That's something that I learned too because my perspective shifted and I was trying to view like not nature things as a goal to do. I felt like it's very like back in the day, you like the manifest destiny just keep going and hike that peak because that's basically what it was. At at one point it was like, you got somewhere, you hike that peak, it's lean as yours. You know, I felt like that's so much in our thought process is just like do a kind of do the best bagging peaks and and that's, it's like, no, that's not the thought process. That's why I'm really glad that I switched my perspective. And it was a whole different experience, like a whole different experience. And we'll go into that. And that's what's one of the other things that we took, took away. And I'm excited to go into that because I think it's more like reconnecting with nature, rebuilding a relationship with nature, how we like to think about that. And then also give yourself a lot of grace because I think we've all have been there before. Like them thinking about the mileage, the altitude, the elevation gain, you know, like, but what do you do? There's no medals involved. If you want to get, if you want a medal, to be honest, go run a race. <laughs> run a race if you want people clapping for you and a medal, because you'll get that, but you're not going to get that from backing a beat. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I totally agree. And part of that is something that because I'm on this big hiking trip, I'm trying to revisit my goals and I want to get more into weightlifting. And so instead of feeling the need to go out hiking, I'm bringing the outdoors indoors. So I love my plants because I am so immersed into seeing green around me that like now it's just, I'm, I, that's my goal, bringing the outdoors indoors. I don't feel like I'm going to do something. I, I still feel connected with nature. So I'm really glad we're talking about that because I got into with the pandemic and a lot of people have and um, and Clubhouse, we're actually bringing our plant parent room back. I'm really excited because a lot of people have found out, and these are Latinos talking about being plant parents, you know, loving plant parents. So you can join us, just DM me when you're interested. Yeah, um, like you're saying, I also actually started getting more houseplants because of COVID, but I grew up in a house where like my mom had plants all around the house, but my grandparents always had plants. And so it also just feels like home, um, to have that. And I didn't know that I was missing that. I didn't know that either. And then I went home, my, my mom had plants. She had the fake plants, but like she still had them. Yeah, I think a lot of us have that experience and somehow I feel like everything has become so, I don't know if commercialized is the right word, but there's this whole niche for plant Instagram and house plant videos on YouTube and 
so many resources of information for people who are new to plants when so many of us, like we aren't new to plants, even if you're a new plant parent. And I even like that mindset that you said about like plant parenthood, because that's really what it is. You're taking care of this living being and you're sad when, when they die. Like, and that's just part of life and part of the process too, of having plants. So yeah, I'm just excited to talk about that and have so much to say about like gardening. Forgot my dad, he used to garden. My sister and I talked about it, like, oh yeah, my dad loved to garden and we used to garden with him. But I forgot all about that. I think it's just because maybe part of it, it it's like you, you get this mainstream thought of what it is to be a gardener, but you forget like to count that you did it or your parents did. Like for me, like for hiking, I thought it was this elite thing. So like I I didn't consider myself a hiker. I didn't want to be considered a hiker. And even in Clubhouse conversations regarding being outdoorsy, people never claim to be a hiker or, or outdoorsy person because they don't see themselves as one. They actually said that. So I think that was another issue too that people get com- confused with. They see it, they do it, but they don't consider themselves a part of this bucket. So like, no, because you have to be this person on Instagram post. It's like, no, 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 no. So I'm glad that we we're going to talk about it. And also what it means to be Latino and I, that's, and we're going to integrate more of that into our podcast. And that's, and that's why we're trying to make kind of the fun elements, even just talking about like, we have that conversation with Bukat about, you know, even just having periods in nature, it's just like the whole stigma. It just even like thinking about it or being clean or thinking of your mom thinking like, it's, it's really dirty or like, think about your Jonas, like, you know, do you wear Jonas or not? Even hearing the word Jonas, you know, like someone dropped that word. And so I was like, I haven't heard that word for a long time. So it's been fun using like that kind of sling like that. It's just like that, that stuff, but kind of integrating that. So we're really excited to talk about that and just being real because people just talk about it. They kind of glaze over it. Like, oh yeah, it's like, no, come on. Like, we know how you feel when you talk about this. We know how you feel and you know the questions you have. It's two different things <laughs> and how you know and how you respond to the, to the answers, you know, or do you cringe when you, when you hear the question or can you even ask the question? You know, that's just stuff like that that goes into our minds. So I'm really excited to kind of bring this all in and also some making like adding some humor so I feel like that's other part of being a thing is adding humor I really want to integrate that more and make sure that's kind of seen in that perspective and kind of appreciate laughter because what someone as a, as a background and coming from like nothing it's just like that's a very like a really something you should appreciate because this is a sense of humor and you should embrace it now it's just trying to amplify our voices which is kind of inspired me to continue the podcast with Marcella and just keep talking because this is how we can amplify our voices that our voices are always out there. Our perspectives were always out there from the beginning of times. So we're just at a point where we're just kind of invisible. And to, to your point, we're always open to answering questions from our audience about the topics or to maybe even suggest topics. Not that we don't have an enormous list of topic ideas. But yeah, so if there's anything that um, our listeners or followers on social media want to want us to address, we're happy to talk about that. It can be a simple question about what is the best, uh, what are the best hiking boots to, you know, I would like to hear you talk a bit more about hiking underwear, right? We, we're really here to talk about the things that we don't hear anyone talking about, so our emails are open. You can find that information in the show notes. And before we close off, do you want to talk about your group hike and what Latinos Who Adventure group hikes is all about? 
Yes, we're coming to a city near you, but limited to the Oregon <laughs> and to the Bay Area. Um, but yes, I just hosted a group hike today. It was pretty awesome at Elmer Park. It's where I live. And um, I'm just happy to feature a South Bay hike because a lot of times people host hikes like in the coast, like in Half Moon Bay, which is like really hard to get to. And there's like no parking. And it's always like an hour and a half drive or just, but they have these popular places or maybe they do like Oakland, which is great. Like Oakland's great, but I think it's come to the point like East Bay, like coast, and that's just what it is. Um, so I'm happy to bring hikes to the South Bay and um, make it more of a frequency like once a month. Cause I know some people might have hikes, but they kind of go around. I was like, no, mine's just South Bay focus, maybe the central coast. And this is like bread and butter. Um, so I'm really excited to take you to Elmer Park. It's a really good hike, perfect weather, perfect timing. I, I know clo it's close to everyone. Um, and then, which I got my most popular comments on, it wasn't an hour and a half drive. <laughs> and parking was easy. So that was the most popular comment. Uh, it was a small group, but I really enjoyed it and just connecting with other people. And it was really funny. It was awesome because you got some people of color. I think it's like one point person, like in the morning. I was like, whoa, it's really cool. That's why I love it. It makes me feel really inspired. That's why I love it so much. And then I saw Latina. She was like, yeah, I'm glad. She was like saying hola to everyone. She was like, yeah, I'm glad you're out here. And she was like cheering us on because she just loves seeing, you know, Latinas out there hiking. So I was, I felt really good. So if anyone's interested in group hikes in South Bay, please. DM us um, or email us and within us do adventure or give you the information. It's very excited just to do it monthly. And yeah, so Marcella, tell me about your group hike. Yeah, so my group hike is coming up in two weeks exactly as we record this, August 28th. As a reminder, right, I'm in the Portland, Oregon area. So it'll be a local waterfall hike. What's super awesome about living in Portland is that you can drive to beautiful waterfalls, mountains in less than an hour or two. And some of these really awesome places are really just 20, 30 minutes out of the city. So we have found a spot or a couple candidate spots. We're going to finalize once everyone who will be joining has confirmed. I'm co-hosting with Dania Rivas. She runs an outdoor diversity coaching company called Inclusively Outdoors LLC. You should definitely check her out. Her coaching workshop is awesome. But yeah, so we're co-hosting. She's also Salvadoreña like me. So that'll be super fun to have that, have that representation here in Portland. And yeah, we're just happy to meet other Latinas and other BIPOC in the area. We don't really know how often we're going to have these group hikes and definitely check our socials for the details because that's where we post everything um, and that's where you can sign up with us. But yeah, as long as it goes well, certainly we'd love to have more of these group hikes. So I'm just excited to, to meet some more people. I'm excited for you. It, it was so refreshing to meet people. We made this fall in love with hiking all over again. And it's going to remind me why I love it and the community around it. And it just inspires me to host more. So I'm sure you have the same feeling. Just please, you know, sign up for an email update. And I'm excited that we can meet everyone who lives nearby. Yeah, absolutely. As you wrap up, I think we can say that Again, season two is going to be a lot about the things we learned this summer, right? We are expanding our social network reach 
And I'm just excited to grow our community and connect with people. So we hope you enjoyed our recap of the summer and our season two preview. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and if you're already listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Leave a comment if you can. That helps us reach more people. And don't forget also to sign up for our email newsletter to get all of the updates. And thank you again. Make sure to leave no trace behind and leave it better than you found it. And stay safe, guys, because we're still in a pandemic.